welcome you guys to LifePoint. If whether you're joining us online, maybe Facebook or YouTube channel, welcome, welcome, welcome here in person as well. If you have your Bibles, uh, would you turn to Isaiah 26, verse 3? Uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. And uh, I want to really want us to anchor ourselves. Uh, um, on this one verse, I really want to encourage you to even memorize the verse if, if you would. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. And I want to begin by telling you uh, kind of a little bit of a story that I read. Uh, about four months ago, I started training for a race that I just finished yesterday. It was a fresh 15. Many of you have done it before. And um, uh, as I'm training for the race, I read a story that I want to use to introduce our, our topic to our conversation today. It's a true story of basically identical twins, two, two ladies who were identical twins. Kelly and Shelly are their names. And Kelly and Shelly are meant to have the same DNA. Um, they have the same um, identical athletic histories, okay? Same training plan. The only thing different, different between Kelly and Shelly is that they have separate coaches, Kelly has one coach, Shelly has another coach, but other than that, their endurance, I mean, they're, they're, um, you know, where they're at physically is the same place, of course, they have, you know, the same, you know, they're twins, so they're, they're very much the same, they have the same body, and Kelly's coach is giving her some performance goals based on an accurate assessment of where she's at, like her present fitness level okay so that's kelly and then you have shelly who's got another coach and her coach is giving her goals that are slightly too aggressive in other words she can't ever they're ahead of her and she can't seem to get there she can't seem to reach those goals they're always ahead and um they begin the training they're both trying to their training for an olympic distance triathlon and um, they begin the training pretty much at the same level. So their swim is the same, timing-wise, they're biking, they're running. I mean, equal training, equal bodies, you know, same DNA, different coaches, different goals. And the question is, how will they do, how will they do in relation to each other on race day? So who do you think is going to be ahead? One of them is going gonna, is gonna, to get to the end to the the finish line first so which one do you think would would end first Ke kelly who's always been hit, hitting her numbers who's felt like man she's accomplished or shelly who's always been behind because her coach has given her goals that are a little too aggressive any wild guesses you don't have to guess and because it's kind of like a man i don't know you know but kelly will most definitely Suspense a little bit. Finish first. And here's the why. As an athlete, same body, right? Same, like, like they're both genetically and fitness-wise the same. But as an athlete, you don't just race with your body. You race also with your mind. And so Kelly, on the, on the one hand, she's meeting all of her goals. She feels accomplished. She feels like, man, she's getting ahead. Shelly, 
on the other hand she's never been able to get to her goals and that gets in her mind and so today I want to talk to you about this a little bit because I believe spiritually is the same way we often talk about our spirits we, we often talk about our bodies we but we don't we talk about the bible and god and all of those things but we don't talk about the mind that often in church we don't talk about mental health i mean almost i don't remember the last time i don't know if i've ever talked about mental health and how that affects your spiritual life and so we're going to be focusing today i want to share with you three thoughts about winning with your mind because here's the truth the enemy knows that if he can get a hold of your mind man your your body will follow your you know your decisions will follow if your mind is not healthy if your mind is not in the right place you will make the wrong decisions you will you know grab onto habits that are not really helpful and you will do things that are not good for you so we're in isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 i'm reading from the nlt the new living translation is one of my favorite translations but i'm going to give you two different translations just for because I, I love this verse okay so here it is here's isaiah kind of pouring his his heart out to God and he's, he's, almost, he's almost like a prayer okay and the whole chapter is great and we're not really going to look at the whole thing but man it's it just, just so much like I really wanted to like you know like dig in there's so much there so I encourage you to listen to I mean to read it afterwards but listen to these words you will keep in perfect peace would you say those words with me perfect peace would you say that with me perfect peace any of you wanting a little bit of peace in your life I know that I like to have some peace you know like you're raising your kids and it's like Lord give me peace give me direction give me wisdom you know are any of you ever stressed out a little bit about finances you know how things are going to work out the future you know you're like you, you you know we talked about kids how about your health perfect peace man I love to have a little bit of that you keep him you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Now, let me give it to you from a different translation. The ESV, the English Standard Translation. I love this one, too. Uh, I love to use a lot of different translations. They, you know, you pick up a little bit of things here and there. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Singing that last song, I told my wife, it's like, you know, where it says, Reckless Love of God in spanish it's translated a little bit different it talks about the unconditional love of god and that's i thought that was that was interesting because that's one of those songs that you know it's, there's a lot of a little bit of controversy out there about the word you know god's not reckless and all of that but uh, i want you to see it from the esv okay translation a little bit different same hebrew just a little little bit of a different take it says this you again isaiah speaking you know like you lord basically he's saying keep him or her in help me out perfect peace okay so i'm glad they got that right whose mind is stayed on you now again we're just going to focus on verse three today but man if you read verse four like it's so good trust in the lord always for the lord god is your eternal rock man I can hang on to that a little bit man I could preach that verse for a while verse 7 it's another one that was good but those who are righteous the 
the way is not, but for those, excuse me, for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough, rough, excuse me. You smooth out the path ahead of them. Verse nine, in night, in the night I search for you, in the morning I earnestly seek you. So like oh, the whole thing, just take some time and meditate on this passage because I, I really believe that God will, will help you, will fill you up um, but today we're focusing on verse three you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you let's begin with the word of prayer god i just just want to ask you to speak to our hearts this morning god i pray that you would untie my tongue lord you know how hard this message has been probably one of the most difficult messages that i've had a hard time just putting together and i believe that there's a reason for that i believe you've been the enemy has been fighting some of the thoughts in my mind and God I just 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 want to humble myself before you and just say this is your word and I pray that the power of your word would penetrate hearts like I can't Lord so I just ask Lord would you speak to us intimately individually God in a personal way may we see you today may we hear you God whisper to us, Lord, give us a nugget of truth that we can apply. And God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can open up your word and with so much ease in such a comfortable way we can we can receive from you. And so we just ask that you would fill our cup today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, if you missed last week, if you missed last week, Go back and listen to the message. Probably one of the most powerful. We had a guest speaker, Amanda Clark, one of the most powerful messages that I've, I've heard in a long time. And the reason why, I was, why, why I'm encouraging you to go back is that I love the illustration of putting out the jars, you know, that she used last week. And, and so as I was praying, I was reminded of that. Like, Lord, I just bring you my jar. Fill, fill us up. Fill us up. But uh, if you don't get the reference, listen to the message and you'll, you'll get it. Um, so if you've ever dealt with worry, fear, anxiety, uh, if you maybe tend to drift toward the negative, I want you to know this is a message that's, that's for you, okay? Uh, if you ever go into a meeting and you're, you feel a little bit nervous, you feel like, man, you're, I'm not ready, and maybe you have the experience. You've been doing this, this thing for, for years, you know, but you still, like you're meeting them, you're making the sale, you're, and, and it's like, I feel less than, you, you feel anxiety, you feel like, like you know, like, ah, just so weak. And I wish I could, I wish I could play a little soundbite of what goes through my head before I get up to speak. Because like just moments before I get up to speak, like the, you know, the enemy is throwing thoughts, you know, and I have to, it is the biggest battle that I face all week. It's the battle in my mind before I get up to communicate God's word. Now you think, I mean, I've been doing this, I'm 42, I told, told you guys a few weeks I was 43, I'm not 43 just yet, 42 years old, but um, I, I've been doing this for a while and it's still like man it is so challenging and it's a battle that we face and so if you can relate to that at, at, at all you know you're turning in a report and you're wondering you know are they going to find out if 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 I know what I'm doing or I'm not do I even know if I know what I'm doing I think that this will this message will really speak to you I used to when I was a young seminary student I would look at 
the communicators, the preachers, you know, we had chapel every day and it was just, just an incredible experience for me. But I remember looking at them, many of them were in their, in their 40s. And I used to think this, no lie, I used to think, well, I just need to wait until I'm 40 because they make it look so easy. Once I'm, like once I'm their age, like I, it'll be easy to get up in front of people and communicate and preach. And then, you know, it's still hard, you know, it's still like, it's still a challenge and I still feel inadequate. Um, but three thoughts on how to win um, as far as to overcome the, the battle that goes on in, in our minds. The first one is this, uh, and you can take notes. I think this will help you remember, so I encourage you to write down some, some thoughts. The first thought that I have is, is the enemy is trying to shape your thinking. I want you to know that. The enemy, his priority on this, on planet Earth, is to try to shape your thinking. He's been doing the same technique since, since Adam and Eve, right? Did God really say that? Did he really say that you, would, you were going to die? Did he really say that your eyes would be open? I mean, and, and so, like, he's constantly trying to shape the way you think. And you know how he does it? One lie at a time. You're not successful, you know, you, you haven't sold anything in the last month, you haven't recruited anyone, you haven't done, and you fill in the blank, you know, you're, just, you're a failure, and it's, those thoughts, they happen so quickly, we sometimes don't even notice them, but the way the enemy tries to shape you is one lie at a time, and he'll, he'll say, you know, God hasn't answered that request in forever, like, the, are you sure God really, I mean, like, like this whole God thing, like, are you sure this is working out for you? You know, your marriage, you know, like, it's, it, 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 there may be just no hope. You just, you've been trying for way too long, and you just, you, you know, this thing is not looking good. Your future, your future is doomed. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to trap you. Now, there's a, a verse in first. So 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, if we can put it up on the screen, that talks about this word, uh, strongholds, strongholds. And I, I want to explain that uh, to you and to me because the, the Bible says, can we do the next slide real quick? The, the Bible says um, that we have in us, if you're a Jesus follower, you have in, in you, God gives you the power, this divine power to demolish strongholds. And so if you don't know what the word strongholds is, it's, it, it's a military term. Think of a, a fortress that's built on a, the, highest peak, the highest peak of the city, okay? And these fortress, like in classical Greek, this is the same word that they would use to refer to a, a, a fortress. And these fortresses, some of them were like they, have, they had walls that were um, 20 feet thick, not just not, I'm not talking about the width, okay? I'm talking about the thickness of the walls, 20 feet, okay? So they were fortified fortresses that were, I mean, huge, okay? And often what they would do is they would keep the enemies inside so that they would, basically, the enemy would not come and, and destroy their, their, um, their stronghold or their fortress. And so I was thinking about this because essentially what the enemy does is... He wants to create strongholds of deception in your life. And so we're talking about this perfect peace that Isaiah is talking about, right? You're stressed out. You're overwhelmed. Uh, you have crippling insecurities. You, you feel like the, you have the fear that just 
just paralyzes you. You have this, like you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And essentially, what you're dealing with is a stronghold. Now, I have good news for you because the Bible says that we have divine power in us that can help us fight against those strongholds. But essentially, what a stronghold is, is, is that you're trapped. You're a prisoner in a fortified fortress with walls that are 20 feet thick. And I think that fortress, that stronghold, it's often our minds. And so have you heard the term, you know, you're, you're thick-headed? I think that sometimes what goes on here, man, it is the hardest thing to break through. It's, it's so hard for the Spirit of God to break through. It's so hard for, because you're dealing with constantly worrying about something or you're constantly negative about something or you're constantly dealing with anger issues and what you're dealing with is a stronghold. And the enemy, his whole goal is to shape your thinking to keep you trapped. Does that make sense? All right, so the Bible says, James 1, 8, it says a, double, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Okay, if you're double-minded, okay, if you're going back and forth, like that's not the way, that's not, that's not what Isaiah is talking about. That's not perfect peace. That's the opposite of perfect peace. So number one thought, the enemy is trying to shape your thinking, and it's a daily battle that you're facing. Here's a second thought. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna slow down a little bit here because I want I want you to this is an important point. Your life is moving. All of us are going in a particular direction, okay? Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So Henry Ford kind of put it like this if you think you can or if you think you can't, you know it? You are right. I love that quote. He famously said, if you think you can do something, or if you think you can't, you're right. There's a, a, a verse in Romans, I think it's Romans 12, uh, 2, that where God tells us, don't be conformed according to the pattern of this world. Remember the, the, the verse? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Like you've, you've, some of you have read the verse before. I, I've always thought that that verse, it's all about I've always thought that it's God, like if you read the Bible, God's going to transform your thinking. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know the perfect will of God, right? I'm paraphrasing. I always thought you read God's word and then your mind is gonna be refreshed and your thinking will change. And I thought that's what it was about, but it's so much more than that. Research has shown that your thoughts are not the only things that, that your thinking is not the only thing that changes. Research has actually shown that actually your brain literally changes. And so I was reading uh, from Mark Batterson the other day in his book. He was talking about this. Um, uh, he was quoting two doctors from the, the National Let's see, the National Institute of Mental Health. And it's so interesting that they were, these, these two doctors basically grab a, a group of people and they did a study. It basically was a finger tapping exercise, okay? And what they did is they grab a bunch of people and they, they put them through this test. It was about a month, four weeks. And all they did is 
finger tap, like a little finger tapping exercise. And so they began by just asking them just to, just a simple motion, right? Just finger tap, finger tap. And so they did an MRI and they scanned their brains and they located the part of the brain that actually is activated just by doing just a little finger tapping. And they found out which section, and I don't know all the words, the medical terms, but they found out there's a particular part in the brain that actually when you're, you know, finger tapping, it lights up. Well, they did this study for four weeks, and every day, those individuals, they did the little exercise, finger tapping, okay, every single day. By the end of the four weeks, they did another scan, another MRI, and they found that that same area of the brain that was lighting up at the beginning actually had expanded just by doing just a little bit of a finger tapping. And here's what they said. They said that literally the brain recruited new nerve cells and it rewired neuronal connections, all right? So just by doing finger tapping, when you read the scriptures, when you read the Bible on a daily basis, you know what's happening? Your thinking is changing, yeah, absolutely. But your brain is physically changing as well. And it is recruiting new nerve cells and rewiring new, new, neuronal connections. Isn't that cool? And so the Bible is just a little bit ahead of science. Science is just getting caught up. Let's put the verse up on the screen. Uh, Romans five, uh, 8, 5, watch this. Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit and so God is very I mean it's it's so obvious if you're constantly thinking about things that are of the flesh that's where you're gonna go if you're constantly thinking about things of the spirit that's where your mind is going to go and so when you read scripture what you're doing and it's got to be on a daily basis, right? Not just on Sunday mornings. And I applaud you for being here or for tuning in. But it's got to, it, this is not enough, right? This is just a, the appetizer, hopefully, for the rest of your week. But when you're constantly in the Word, you're doing a little bit of finger tapping. You're doing this little exercise. And your brain is literally rewiring. And so, so do you, do you want to fight this whole idea of like worry? You want to fight this whole idea of control or anger or, man, my marriage is never going to succeed or my finances are not, we're not going to get ahead or this, the negativism that just gets in, in your heart. The best way to fight it is with God's word. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This was written hundreds of years before science came up with this whole idea of the brain rewiring itself so you wonder why you don't have peace well your life is a reflection of the thoughts that you think you, if you're constantly on Netflix and on social media and watching the news that's what your life is going to reflect and listen I don't have anything against those things okay I've battled the same the same battles you, that you, you battle right the temptation to just want to just you know, tune everything out and just let somebody else just entertain you for a little bit. What you think determines who you become. You think you can't, probably won't. You think you can, you probably will. You, uh, you dwell in your problems, well, your problems are probably going to overwhelm you. 
If that's all you think about. You're looking for solutions, more than likely you're gonna find solutions. You feel like you're a victim, you're gonna become a victim. You feel like, like, man, with God's help, I can overcome. Guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna be an overcomer. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse seven, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as she thinks in her heart, so is she. So number one, the enemy wants to shape your thinking. He wants to trap you, to keep you in those strongholds. Thank goodness you have the power in you to fight that. So you're not alone. God gives you all the tools that you need to fight that. Number two, your life will be moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So it's important that you know this. This is why this message is more important than ever. So you've got to know, like, okay, you're, you, man, you're going in a direction that's not, that you don't like, then, then do a little bit of self-inventory, like, where are my thoughts? Be intentional about it. And number three, and we'll close with this, how, what's the fix? How do you have victory? Well, you work out the truth of God's word in your life. You work out, the word, to, to work out means to plan something in detail, Okay? So it may be the Bible app for you. It may be picking up a book. It may be, you know, like you're going to study a, a character of the Bible. It may be that you're going to study, a, a, you know, a book of the Bible. It may be that you're going to pick a theology and you're going to, that's what you're going to put in your brain. Jesus p- puts it like this. He says, John 8, 31. He's, he's talking to believers, some Jewish people um, who, yeah, the, Jew, the Jews who had believed in him, Uh, He said to them, if you hold to my teaching, like if you hold on to my teaching, then you know you're my disciples. Does anybody know the next verse? Here it is. Let's put it up. Then you will, what? You'll know the truth. And what will the truth do? It'll set you free. What will it set you free from, man? It'll set you free from anxiety. It'll set you free from depression. It'll set you free from worry. And it's the last thing that we do, right? When we are, and I, and I can, look, I've been there. That's why, that's why, like, I can see you going like, yep, yep, you're, you're speaking to my heart. Only because by experience, like this week, if you, I rewrote this message like three times. Because the enemy was just coming after me. You know, one thought after the next. And the last thing that we want to do is ask for prayer. The last thing that we want to do is get into God's word. We try to do everything else ourselves, but run to, you know, work out the truth of God's word in our lives. If we hold onto his teaching, he says, it's not, it's not enough to just be a, a Jesus follower, okay? That gets you somewhere, yeah, but you've got to hold on to it for dear life. If you hold on to it, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He knows the enemy is fighting you with lies and you fight the enemy's lies with God's truth. So let me give you two um, practical points and we'll be done. Two practical points. How, how do you work out the truth of God's word? Number one, I want to encourage you to set challenging but achievable goals, okay? I want to encourage you to set challenging but achievable goals, Okay? So you may ask me, like, okay, so let me, let me say this. Like, um, we often think that the victories that we win in life is from, like, the big moments. 
It's not the big moments, it's the small steps. It's the small steps that nobody sees. It's the mundane. Let me kind of let you in on a little something, something. Like, it's the boring stuff that often will give you victory. It's the little steps. It's the baby steps that you take. Those are the things that actually, it's not the big moments. And so, like, like some of you, you, you may say, man, how did you do a 15K? Back in January, I couldn't run half a mile. Like, I, re- like, I couldn't run half a K, all right? Yesterday, finished 15K, beat my time, man, incredible. I mean, it was, I, when I signed up, I wanted to do it like 11-minute pace. I finished, it was like under it, nine-minute pace. It was one step at a time. Somebody in my life group said, hey, um, you know, give us an article of like basically this. It was this, you know, challenging but achievable goals. And so this person just said, hey, what's your goal? And we all kind of jumped in and we said, and I said, my goal was I just want to either walk, run, crawl, um, whatever, three miles a day. Okay, the first time, my first three miles were like over like 50 minutes, okay? It took me forever to do three miles. But I said, for 60 days, I just want to do three miles. I'm not gonna be concerned about my time. I'm not concerned about my pace. I'm not concerned about whether I'm gonna do heels or flats. I'm just going to walk. If I can jog, I'll do that. If I can only go 10 seconds, I'll go 10 seconds and then slow down. My goal was to be consistent for 60 days, every day, three miles. So day one, guess what happened? Man, I am pumped to have a new goal. Like, do you ever like do that at the beginning of the year? Like you have your goals and you're ready to go and it's exciting, you know? And then I do the three miles and I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know, 50 minutes, three miles, you know, what a waste. Day nine. By day nine, all the excitement wore off. Probably wore off before then. I'm just giving myself a little credit. But by day nine, I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) By day 17, it was getting easier physically. But it was starting to get a little bit harder mentally because it was the same three miles. It was the same environment. By day 39, it was nearly all mental. It was the same music. It was the same location. It was the same, you know, like I was running on Sunday mornings. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, I didn't. I would come up with any excuse. By day 55, I'm doing three miles like this, 27 minutes, like it's a piece of cake. I can handle this. No, not a big deal. But it continued to be all up here. And so spiritually speaking, it's the same way. It's the small steps that nobody sees that, that give you the accomplishment that everybody wants. It's the small steps, the boring stuff. And so spiritually speaking, when was the last time when you set a challenging but achievable goal? They're both important. It has to be challenging, but it has to be something that you can achieve. Let me, let me ask you, when was the last time that you memorized scripture Oh, like, what is that? <laughs> Where you actually take a verse and you memorize it. And maybe for you, it's like once a week, or you take a passage and say, you know what, I'm gonna commit this to memory. I don't remember the last time that I did that. There was joy, I, there was a time when I did it, and there was, and I, and I truly found joy in 
committing God's word. You know, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you, right? That's what God says. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. There's got to be a method to his madness, right? When was the last time that you set a challenging but achievable spiritual goal in your life? Now, I'm not telling you that you have to don't leave here. It's like, Pastor said, we've got to memorize scripture. That's not what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, and he'll give you whatever that goal needs to be. Here's a second Here's a second, uh, we're talking about how to work out the truth of God's word in your life, okay? So one way is that challenging achievable goals. Here's the second one, I'll close with this. Manage your expectations. All right, so this is important, to manage your expectations because you're going to fail. If whatever goals you set up, okay, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, you're going to fail. And it doesn't sound very encouraging, I know, but, but you are going to fail, okay? It happens. You're not a machine. You're a human being. And even machines, they mess, mess up, right? And so you live on planet Earth. This is not heaven, right? This is, the, in heaven, everything's perfect. There's no sadness. There's no sorrows, no sickness, no tears. Everything is no stress, no suffering, right? On Earth, there's pain, you live on planet earth in heaven god's will is done perfect i mean it is like that's why we pray like your will be done in heaven on earth as it is in heaven like you're you're asking god can can we make sure that your will the way it's done in heaven happens here on earth that's that's the lord's prayer right in heaven god's will is done perfectly completely instantly continuously none of that happens here on planet earth right i often do not do God's will. You, you often do not, do not do God's will. You, you hurt people. I hurt people intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. I mean, this is, uh, we, we live in a, a broken planet, right? From Adam and Eve, sin broke. I mean, the, the weather is broken. The economy is broken. Our bodies, our minds are broken. The Bible says that creation groans for the day of salvation. Creation groans. And so how do you, what do you do when a problem can't be solved? Because you live in a broken world. Well, you manage it the best way you can. Let me show you, last verse and we'll, we'll close. Let me, let me show you how Paul did this, okay? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, this is what Paul says. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, like he's like, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. I still struggle with the same things that you and I struggle. But he says this, but one thing I do, one thing, I love that, one thing I do, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Like, so, so he's, he's saying, I'm going to go after the price, right? The next verse, it says, I press on towards the price. So if God's word is the ultimate goal, all right? So let's say this is my iPad, I know, but let's just say that that's God's word. If that is a goal, and look, what he's saying is, I am straining, like I am stretching. I am putting an effort. It doesn't just happen organically. Like, I'm going after him. I'm going after, with everything, it's a race, right? I'm going with everything I can. Man, yesterday at the end of the race, like, it was uphill. Thank goodness I had trained Tyler State Park because it has huge hills. But I was going with everything I had. You know, I always say, I'm just going to run just to enjoy. And it just doesn't work. Like, I always get into the race, and I, like, it's just part of my craziness, you know. But that's, the, that's what Paul is saying. Go with it, with everything you've got. But he's also managing. Because right before that, he says, but I'm also what? 
forgetting what's behind. So he's going to what's ahead, but he's also, what? He's forgetting some things, and he's managing. What's he forgetting about? Well, I don't know. But if you know, if you know the story, Paul's name was Saul, and he used to persecute Christians, right? And I just wonder, if, if you knew that that was your life, that you had actually killed other Christians. I mean, there were kids growing up without a mom and a dad because Saul, Paul, right, went after those kids' parents because they were believers. I want, can you imagine the shame and the guilt that he persecuted the church? There were people who went through hunger and they didn't have, I mean, they went without food and I mean, starvation and like, why? Because they were hiding because Paul was going after them. And so I don't know about, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what he was forgetting, but I, I can tell you, I know a thing or two about guilt and shame. And Paul says, the best way I can manage, I am going for the price. I am going for what's, what God's word, right? I'm gonna work out the power of God's word in my life. I'm going for it 100% like it's a race. But at the same time, I am managing some things. And I'm managing my expectations. There are some things that I've got to gotta forget. And so I'm going to ask you if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes as we come to the end of the service. And I don't know how God's speaking to you, but we've learned that a couple of things. The enemy is trying to shape your thinking, not just trying to trip you, but he's trying to change you. He's trying to cha- shape your thinking. Number two... Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. The healthiest your mind is, the healthiest your life will be, spiritually even. And number three, the solution is to get God's word in your life. And so let me ask you, what challenging but achievable goals do you have? Do you have any? Maybe you do. And if you do, man, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. But if you don't, would you take the next 15 seconds say, Lord, what do you want from me? How do I need to focus on you? Maybe it's going to take longer than 15 seconds. When you pull out your phone and schedule a time for you to set up some goals, we schedule everything else, right, in life. Just pull out your phone and just say, okay, I'm going to, Sunday, 6 p.m., I'm going to schedule a time, one hour, where I'm going to focus on setting up some goals. Challenging but achievable. Listen, this whole hour is a waste. It is a waste if you don't have any goals. If you just come, listen to another message, and you go home the same. So I'm challenging you. Don't waste the hour. God wants to speak to you. God wants to transform your mind. But it's not going to happen until you make the effort. Father, you know our hearts. You know our struggles. You know the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lord. Thank you that you speak to us. 
I pray, Father, that you would help us have healthy minds, strong minds, Lord, that are in perfect peace because they're stayed on you. And so, God, help us to run to your word whenever we struggle, whenever we doubt you, whenever we worry. God, may, may your word be the first thing that we do. May, may it be the first thing that we pick up and not worry and not anxiety and not stress. Fill us up with your, your words of wisdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.